You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Numbers chapter 5. Verses 1 through 4, the purity of the camp. God told Moses to tell the Israelites to stand away from the camp anyone who had a defiling skin disease or a discharge of any kind or anyone who was ceremonially unclean because of a dead body. Some of these banishments were temporary, others, like leprosy, were permanent, unless the person was healed. We studied this in detail in Leviticus chapter 13, so please refer there. Both male and female would be sent out. Some of these were for health reasons, to prevent spread of disease, but most were representative of the corrupting power of sin and the need for moral cleanliness when approaching God. To fail to separate these people would defile their camp, and they should not do that, since God was in their midst. So they obeyed. Verses 5-10, through 10, Restitution for Wrongs God expected honesty and faithfulness among the Israelites in all their dealings with one another. So he says, Any man or woman who wrongs another in any way, and so is unfaithful to the Lord, is guilty and must confess the sin they have committed. To wrong someone reflected their relationship to God. It was unfaithfulness that brought guilt. All of our sins against others are ultimately against God, as King David understood in Psalm 51.4. They were to confess it, both to God and the person. Then they must make full restitution for the wrong they have done, add a fifth of the value to it, and give it to the offended party. They would have been required to bring a trespass offering as well. We studied restitution in Leviticus chapters 6 and 22, so please refer there. However, the person who was wronged may have already died, but if that person has no close relative to whom restitution can be made for the wrong, the restitution belongs to the Lord and must be given to the priest along with the ram with which atonement is made for the wrongdoer. All the sacred contributions the Israelites bring to a priest will belong to him. Sacred things belong to their owners, but what they give to the priest will belong to the priest. Verses 11 to 31, the test for an unfaithful wife. Then we have an enigmatic section. Unlike the previous section where the trespass is apparent to all, now we have a condition where the sin may have been concealed. It describes a situation where a married woman has committed adultery, but her actions have not been discovered. The husband may have some sense of it by feelings of jealousy or he may be jealous and suspicious of her, although she is innocent. To determine if anything is amiss, he is to bring his wife to the priest, along with a grain offering for jealousy, which is a reminder offering to draw attention to wrongdoing. First, let's read it. Then the priest shall bring her and have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. After the priest has had the woman stand before the Lord, he shall loosen her hair and place in her hands the reminder offering, the grain offering for jealousy, while he himself holds the bitter water that brings a curse. Uncovering the head of the woman symbolized mourning and anticipated judgment if she was guilty. Then it continues, Then the priest shall put the woman under oath and say to her, If no other man has had sexual relations with you, and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. 
But if you have gone astray while married to your husband, and you have made yourself impure by having sexual relations with a man other than your husband, here the priest is to put the woman under this curse. May the Lord cause you to become a curse among your people when he makes your womb miscarry and your abdomen swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells and your womb miscarries. Then the woman is to say, Amen, so be it. She would not bear children because she would be killed. If she was innocent, God would bless her with children. The priest is to write these curses on a scroll and then wash them off into the bitter water. He will make the woman drink the bitter water and bitter suffering will enter her. The priest is to take from her hands the grain offering for jealousy, wave it before the Lord and bring it to the altar. The priest is then to take a handful of the grain offering as a memorial offering and burn it on the altar. After that, he is to have the woman drink the water. If she has made herself impure and has been unfaithful to her husband, this will be the result. When she is made to drink the water that brings a curse and causes bitter suffering, it will enter her, her abdomen will swell and her womb will miscarry, and she will become a curse. If, however, the woman has not made herself impure but is clean, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. This, then, is the law of jealousy when a woman goes astray and makes herself impure while married to her husband, or when feelings of jealousy come over a man because he suspects his wife. The priest is to have her stand before the Lord and is to apply this entire law to her. The husband will be innocent of any wrongdoing, but the woman must will bear the consequences of her sin. So what are we to make of this section? Although adultery was a private sin, God called for a public trial. If guilty, the punishment was the death penalty for both the man and the woman involved, according to Leviticus 20.10. The husband's suspicions or jealous feelings weren't enough to convict his wife of adultery. The contents of this drink are only water, dirt, and ink, so there is no real harm caused by it, except if God makes it so. And since there were no witnesses, God provided a test to bring the truth to light. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? God expected his people to be able to distinguish between clean and unclean, holy and unholy. He still expects us to purify ourselves from all uncleanness. While they were afflicted with the skin disease, they were required to live outside the camp and were excluded from worship. While we are still in our sins, we are estranged from God and other believers. Once we are cleansed from our sins, we are reconciled to God and brought into fellowship and true worship. If we say we love God, we must also love our fellow believers. When we sin, injured parties must be compensated. The guilty party must make amends. This enforced the principles of both private property and personal responsibility. A thief was required to provide restitution of 20% above the value of anything they stole, and a person who has wronged another person must make restitution for their trespass and add a fifth or 20%. In the New Testament, when the tax collector Zacchaeus was converted, there was an immediate change. He recognized he was a thief and understood this principle. In Luke 19 it says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount.
He did more than the law commanded, demonstrating true repentance. Because it was costly to the sinner, he learned that he could not sin with impunity, and God's grace and forgiveness were not cheap. The redemption of our souls was costly, so we should not treat it as a common thing and go on sinning. As odd as this ceremony to determine hidden sin seems to us today, it teaches that all sin, even ones that have never been discovered, will be exposed one day and we will be called to account. God sometimes uses unique circumstances to bring sins to light. We should not try to conceal our sins, but confess and forsake them. The woman was uh, to submit to the examination. We must be willing to acknowledge that God knows all our thoughts, words, and actions already. The water was bitter, and sin, even if pleasurable at the time, is bitter in the end. Such things are not required in the New Covenant, but we have the Word of God and our conscience which convicts us of sin. This ceremony also revealed innocence even in light of false accusations. We never have to worry that we will be judged unfairly by God because He knows all things and is a just judge. You've been listening to the Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Numbers chapter 6. May God bless the study of his word.